Welcome to Access Your Leadership, where we share inspiring career stories and talk about ways you can level up your own leadership potential. I'm your host and coach, Akeem Lakhtar, and today, given the nature of this podcast, we're diving into a crucial aspect of leadership that often goes unnoticed, but can make a world of difference, self-awareness. So I was recently reading um, some research by Corn Ferry, which is a global executive search firm, and they had uh, stated that only 2% of executives with low self-awareness scores achieved a top quartile leadership effectiveness rating. So essentially, those leaders with low self-awareness, only 2% of them scored top leadership scores. And a staggering 78% of those with high self-awareness scores landed in the top percentage, showing the power of self-awareness and leadership. And I get this question a lot about self-awareness and why it's important and how can one practice it. And I recently did a men's retreat with about 18 guys and we had a 90-minute session and it started with the value of self-awareness and carving out time and space in our lives to actually practice self-awareness in a meaningful way. And it impacts the way we show up at work and how we show up in our families and in our personal lives. So I think it's important to define self-awareness and it's defined as the ability to recognize your own emotions, strengths, weaknesses, values, and motivations. So the motivation piece is a real, is a real important part of understanding self-awareness because it's essentially what's triggering you. And we hear trigger and we immediately assume that it's something negative or that it's something associated with, with fear, but it's, it's a, it's a it's a point in time in which you decide to behave or react in a certain way based on motivation that comes from our history, our conditioning, habits we've formed. And I think that self-awareness is valuable because of the fact that you're going to be understanding yourself in a deeper way, such as the emotional side, your strengths and your shortcomings. Again, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought around what to focus on, your strengths or your weaknesses. And I think that it's not about which to focus on. It's actually about being aware that they even exist. So one thing I wanted to also kind of bring to your awareness is that there's some confusion sometimes around self-awareness as it relates to self-confidence and self-esteem. And, you know, while I've just given you the definition of self-awareness, it's really important to understand that that's such a critical trait in leadership because it helps leaders to make informed decisions, understand how their interactions affect uh, other people, and then ultimately adapt their leadership style to suit different situations. And I was doing a presentation recently and I remember going through these, I don't know, it was like 12 or 14 different leadership styles. And at the end, I asked the group, you know, so what do you think is the best leadership style? And people raised their hands and they started yelling out, oh, it's servant leadership, it's authoritarian, it's uh, democratic. Um, And the reality is there's no right answer to that question. There's no one particular leadership style that's that's the best of of them all. Um, And there's no leadership style that's kind of like a one-size-fits-all approach to how to leave. Self-awareness is what gives you the ability to adapt your style to different situations, different personalities, different industries and and team dynamics, all of that, it allows you to be much more agile as a a leader. 
when, when we think of self-confidence, it's much more about your belief and your ability and your judgment. It's this assurance that you can successfully accomplish a task and overcome a challenge. So it's really this sort of identity that you create that gives you the confidence to understand that you can overcome challenges, that you can complete tasks. Um, and, and that feeds into a bit of your resilience. Again, an aspect of your personality, a, an aspect of who you're being in the world as a leader uh, that you'll you'll sort of come to understand as you increase your self-awareness. The other is self-esteem. And that's a much broader concept that's really related to a person's overall sense of self-worth and self-value. It's how you perceive your own value and worth as a human being. And, you know, there's low self-esteem and high self-esteem, and we get that, and we hear that all the time. But the self-awareness piece is another layer to that that helps you understand why that self-esteem is high or low or where it is where it is. And understanding what influences that and what impacts that and has shaped that over time is what the practice of self-awareness helps you do. So with, with all that sort of out of the way and, and understood that there are some differences and similarities between the two, but ultimately self-awareness is this much more holistic understanding of self. I want to talk a little bit about the, the benefits of it in, in leadership. I mentioned approve, improved decision-making, conflict resolutions. You know, leaders who understand their emotions and their biases make more rational decisions. They effectively resolve conflict because they know how to handle themselves. They can regulate in a better way. They regulate because they know what's going to send them over the edge, you know, or 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 what's going to have them sort of retract and 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 draw back from a particular situation. Knowing that about yourself, I think, ends up creating such a a richer relationship with your colleagues and your team members, or if it's in your personal life, your family members or your friends, because you don't feel like you're constantly trying to figure out who you're being or how you're going to react to every situation as it occurs. So the other piece is better relationships. And I love talking about this with clients. Um, I think, you know, while I'm focused often with my clients on, on the professional side of things in terms of leadership and career development, I always tell them there's nothing off the table. And the idea is there's nothing off the table because how we do one thing is how we do everything. How we show up at work impacts how we are in our personal lives. How we are in our personal lives impacts how we are in our professional lives. And when it comes to relationships, leaders who are more self-aware, they have healthier, more constructive relationships with those around them. And this is not just in their professional life, but in their personal lives as well. They understand what their needs are. They understand how to communicate effectively what their expectations of certain situations are. Um, what, you know, understanding what what the people around you need based on what you can offer realistically and what you can't offer in terms of your shortcomings. And, you know, there's a Harvard Business Review that highlights numerous studies. I mean, there are a number of studies out there that show that self-awareness leads to better team dynamics and organizational performance, which ultimately feeds right into the bottom line. I get the question a lot of what's, what's the difference between what you do as a coach and what a business coach does. And I always describe it as a business coach is much more focused on the systems and processes and the operations of a business that, you know, ultimately would directly impact the, the, the bottom line. And I'm much more focused on the individual. I want the leader who has all those tools and all those tricks and all those to implement them in an effective way because they know they're capable of that. And if they aren't capable of that or the areas where they may fall short, 
they know how to supplement that with the right kind of talent around them. And they're not afraid to do so. So, you know, I think as you think about self-awareness, people think about this, you know, constant reflecting on oneself and, and, and it's really, it's really a process that's devoid of judgment. And I want to make that really clear that as you think about self-reflection, do so without judgment, do so without judgment of others, and especially do so without judgment of yourself, because there's no point in reflecting if the minute you realize something unique about yourself or the way that you handle a situation or respond to something uh, emotionally, you immediately move to a place of judgment and criticism and, and, and harshness with yourself. I mean, I really think that the grace that we can show ourselves on a daily basis just as a practice is important, but it's certainly important as you think about um, the practice of self-leadership and self-awareness. So the emotional intelligence piece, I think, is really important as well as you think about um, uh, how that plays into your self-awareness. And if you haven't heard about emotional intelligence, uh, I don't know where you've been. Emotional intelligence is a big buzzword, but maybe you've heard it as EQ. Um, not IQ, but EQ, and this emotional intelligence plays a really critical role in self-awareness and in leadership. And um, the the components of of emotional intelligence are self-awareness, self-regulation, social awareness, and then relationship management. And all of those build into this toolbox of emotional intelligence, which is crucial for effective leaders. And I think you know, the 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 common factor here of all of these concepts and the ones that we'll talk more about on this podcast that you'll hear me talk about with other leaders and talk about, you know, just sort of solo with all of you is the human component to all of this. I mean, we, at the end of the day, are humans doing the best we can every day. And the people that we lead and the people that we work with and the people that we interact with on a daily basis, both personally and professionally, they're doing the same. I mean, they're human beings who are out there trying to be their best in whatever capacity they have to be that. And our support, our leadership, our example um, has a, has a big role in, in how they show up and how they, how they are able to execute on that on a daily basis. So I think that if we can, if we can develop that in ourselves, it inspires those around us to be more of that for themselves as well. And, you know, I think when you think about, self-awareness and you think about the the emotional intelligence piece of it you know you can practice that through again self-reflection taking the time and the space in the day to just kind of check in with yourself do a little bit of a self-audit now as i was talking to the 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 guys in this men's retreat um we were talking about it even in like the context of when you pull into the parking lot at work those of you who are still going into the office um, or even when you sit down at your desk, if you're working from home, before you start your day, just do a check-in. You know, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out, structured process, but something that allows you just to slow down, reflect, and kind of do, again, that self-audit of where am I in this moment? Am I stressed? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I worried? Am I excited? Am I, am I you know, eager? Am I, wh whatever it is that you may be present for you in that moment ends up influencing how you, how you start the day and, and maybe very, very well uh, how you end the day. So, you know, was traffic really bad and did it get you really stressed out? Did you have a challenging morning with your partner or trying to get the kids off to school? You know, is a, 
there's a family member not in good health and they're on your mind or in your heart and you're thinking about that and it's got you a bit distracted? Is there a new project that you're really excited to dive into, but you know that it may distract from other things that you have to do in the workday? Being aware of that and how that's impacting you and how your body and your mind and your heart are all responding to that is a really important part of self-awareness. So I always encourage people to find time in the day, especially at the start of the day, to just carve out space and time to reflect on that and then think about how that's going to impact you for, for the rest of the day. Um, you know, when you think about overcoming these obstacles that that you may face as you start to embark on this journey of self-reflection, which you know I always describe to people as a mountain with no top. I mean, this this journey of self-actualization, self-awareness, self-improvement, self-leadership, whatever you want to call it, it's a mountain with no top. You know, it's it's a lifelong journey. And when you when you venture into, you know, this space of recognizing yourself as a human being that's just showing up every day, doing the best they can, and that hopefully tomorrow you'll be better than you were today, and the next day you'll be better than you were yesterday. I mean, that whole mindset um, can be overwhelming. I mean, it, it can be it can be challenging to to switch into and stay in indefinitely. I mean, we find ourselves slipping out of that and then trying to return back to this place of mindfulness and self reflection and self awareness. But it's not something that we can always do. And don't beat yourself up for it if you find yourself uh, struggling with that at any point in time, especially when you start trying to be more self-aware. And some of the things that really pop up for a lot of us are ego. And I'm going to do probably a whole episode on ego at some point because ego is huge. And the way in which we, we develop this sense of self for the external world to to understand and experience us is what shapes our ego. It's a lot of what we're trying to project as an image because it's what we saw in a movie or what was modeled by us, modeled to us by our parents, or um, it's what we think the job description requires or the company culture um, implies we should be. And it's a lot less about our authentic self and much more about creating this image based on imaginary expectations of imaginary people. And I want you to, as you reflect on what, what it means to you to self-reflect and to be self-aware, as things come up, recognize whether or not you're doing that out of a place of authenticity and, and honesty with yourself, or if it's coming from a place of who you feel like you need to be, or you ought to be, or you should be because someone told you that at one point in time, or because you created that story in your mind years ago and it no longer serves you. So recognizing the sort of the motivation behind who you're being in the world, who you're being as a leader uh, can help you distinguish whether or not that's coming from a place of your authentic self, or if it's really based on an ego, um, you know, an ego that's driving you. The other one's fear. And I mean, I think we all, we can all relate to fear. Uh, fear shows up in all kinds of different ways. And fear, you know, as I think about some of the work that I've been doing with this company, the Training Rock, and we talk about fears a lot. And we talk about fears as triggers, fears as motivators, fears as drivers to us over relying on some of our strengths. And then ultimately those strengths becoming our vulnerabilities. So, when you see yourself acting out of fear, 
you're not acting as your authentic self. You're you're thinking much more about um, you know what you're trying to protect yourself from, and you've heard this time and time again. You know our minds are incredibly intelligent. Um, they are there to identify risk and to avoid risk and to protect ourselves uh, in case in case of uh, a situation that could potentially cause us harm, either physical or emotional harm. So that fear. And, you know, the fear can be like trauma, but fear can also just be kind of like an irrational response to something that could be an assumption, a story that we create that develops into a fear that then drives our behavior in a way that's not really authentic to who we are and how we want to be. And the other one is denial. And I think denial comes up for a lot of us. I see this a lot in you know, the first early sessions of working with a client, for example, this idea that they want to project a certain image, and that's a lot about ego. But then once we start getting to like real topics that that are impacting how they're leading themselves or they're leading others, there's a bit of this resistance. And the resistance is, well, I don't do that, or that's not how it's meant to be, or, you know, that's not really true. And the idea behind what is true and what isn't true um, can can be pretty gray. Uh, I think we can make it as gray as we want to for ourselves. But the reality is if we allow ourselves to be honest about what we really, really know to be true, it ends up, you know, allowing for these stories and and this resistance and this denial to just kind of fall away. So when you catch yourself recognizing and then immediately pushing away the uh, an idea that comes into mind or 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 realization that you have about a certain behavior or reaction that you have catch yourself see that happening recognize that that that, that there's some denial happening there um and then understand the reasons might behind that is it denial because of the image you're trying to create for your ego is it denial because you're afraid of what could be or you're trying to protect yourself the denial, you know, can can happen for a number of different reasons, but I think the process of self-awareness requires real genuine curiosity about oneself, but also real honesty. And um, and that can be with someone you're working with or, you know, people close to you. And then obviously with the self-awareness practice with yourself. So, you know, try not to, to get caught up in deflecting or denying or being resistant to things that that are just let them be acknowledge them let them pass through you appreciate them for what they are give them some thought give them some attention acknowledge them for what they are and where they may come from and then learn from that let that be a piece of learning for you that is going to help shape you into a stronger more confident more clear-headed uh, individual and then again, going back to sort of the compassion and grace piece, give yourself some grace. If you catch yourself doing this, if you notice that denial, that resistance, if you see that you're performing for you know un, un, unrealistic expectations or imaginary expectations, just recognize it as that and don't beat yourself up for it. So the the ways in which we can do this beyond feeling like this is all falling to us is we can ask people around us. You know, ask for feedback, ask for people's honest opinion of you, maybe a very scary thing to do. But the reality is, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by, by what you hear from a lot of people. But also there's going to be really like powerful gold nuggets of feedback that you can take 
and reflect on. Again, not dwell on, but sort of acknowledge and reflect. And they'll help help give you a better sense of where else that might be showing up or other ways that might be impacting the way you lead or the way that you are you know, building your future for yourself or your family. And I always encourage people when we're talking about this to keep a journal. Journaling is a beautiful way to you know, freely express your thoughts and your emotions on paper. And yes, you're thinking while you're reading, but you're not overthinking. I mean, as you're writing, you're not overthinking as you're writing. You know, you're thinking about what you're writing in the moment. You're very focused on, you know, the next word that you're writing and what it means to you and why that came up and just let it flow. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, this beautifully written narrative. It can be just kind of a, a, a stream of consciousness that allows you to to unburden yourself from all of what you may have observed or maybe feeling and then also it's a, an opportunity for you to go back to that and read it at a different time and see what comes up see if there's patterns that are developing um see if there are are things that you wrote in that moment that you would have never expected to read or see or feel and you can you can transport yourself back to that moment in time now that you're out of that initial, you know, emotional response and reflect on, man, what came up for me at that moment or what triggered that at, at, at that, at that time. And, um, you know, how can I catch that in, in future situations? And then the other one is mindfulness practices and meditation. I think I've struggled with that a lot in, in my, in my life. I'm constantly going back to it. I'm committed to, to mindfulness practice every day. And some days it's, wildly successful and i feel like you know a brand new man when i come out of my my meditation and there are some times where meditation just isn't serving me in the way that i needed to that day but i keep at it because i know the value of it i know what it means to create that time and that space to reflect and have um you know just a focus on my breathing a focus on what my body's doing a focus on what thoughts are running through my mind or what's present for me in that moment and we all know that in the busyness of life and, you know, picking up kids from school or or tending to friends and family or responding to stuff at work and managing teams and managing ourselves and getting to the gym and, you know, figuring out meals for the day or whatever it might be. It's so easy to just sort of put that aside or or kick that down on your list of priorities. But when you make it a priority you actually realize that there's a lot of learning that goes in um, to that process. So I encourage you to, to find the time to do that. So as you think about how to make that a part of your daily habit as a part of your leadership journal, you know, it's important to, to self audit. It's important to self reflect. It's important to check in with those around you. Um, you know, there are even formal practices that I encourage any leader to do. I just got done doing this with a client, the 360 feedback. And I'm sure most of you who are in leadership roles have heard the value of 360s. And maybe you've you've cringed when you've heard it because you're thinking to yourself, my God, I don't want any part of, of getting feedback like that. I, I wouldn't even want to see what it looks like or um, I don't know how I'd handle that. That's lean into that. That's a that's an opportunity for real growth. That's an opportunity for massive increased awareness around how you're being and how it impacts others. So if you've got a culture of 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 support and safety and trust, then 
Um, and even if you don't, but especially if you do, I encourage you to explore the possibility of doing a 360 and getting that feedback from people around you so that you can be aware of that. And you don't just sort of live in denial or you live with this image that you've created that you think quote unquote works for you. Uh, and actually you can show up as an authentic leader as yourself, as you're meant to be and not have to redefine yourself every day, which can be pretty exhausting. So I think, you know, the takeaway here really is that self-awareness can transform your leadership effectiveness. Um, it helps you lead better decisions. It helps to um, strengthen your relationships and it ultimately helps create higher performance, both in terms of your own performance as a leader and even as, as an individual contributor, but certainly the performance of your team when you can relate to people from that place of stronger self-awareness. And whether you're a seasoned leader or you're just starting out, I encourage you commit to enhancing your self-awareness. You will see massive changes in your life and in your relationships if you start to, to love that relationship with yourself because of how much you're allowing yourself to learn about you. So uh, as always, I'd love to hear from you about the episode. Share your thoughts, questions, experiences on self-awareness in, in leadership with me. Um, self-awareness is the compass that guides you to becoming a more effective and compassionate leader. So the reason why I did this episode so early on in this podcast journey was because of the fact that I wanted this to be front and center. I wanted, I wanted to presence, presence myself with it, but I wanted you all to presence yourself with why this practice is so important as we go forward. And you hear these stories from these inspiring, you know, incredibly strong leaders that we'll have on the podcast and, and the other topics that we'll discuss coming from a place of self-awareness allows you to hear things and, and, and interpret and internalize and integrate them in a different way than, than you would if you were um, less self-aware. So if you enjoy the episode, I encourage you to like, and subscribe. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn at Hakeem A. Lokdar or at lockdarcoaching.com. Thanks for tuning in. Keep being great. We'll see you next time.